I think when we deny or suppress the grieving, we also deny and suppress our capacity to feel joy and feel loving. And so in that process, my heart would break open and there was more love. And then there'll be another wave of grieving and then there was more love and there was more love. Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Coot Blackson. Coot is a beloved inspirational speaker and transformational teacher. He speaks at countless events he organizes around the world, as well as at outside events, including AFEST, YPO, Young Presidents Organization, and EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. He is a member of the Transformational Leadership Council. Oh, I'd love to be a member of that one day. A select group of 100 of the world's foremost authorities in the personal development industry. Winner of the 2019 Unity New Thought Walden Award, Blackson is widely considered a next generation leader in the field of personal development. His mission is simple, to awaken and inspire people across the planet to access inner freedom, live authentically and fulfill their true life's purpose. It's only one word, but it can change your life. Today, we're talking about surrender, and my special guest is Coot Blackson. Buckle up, then get ready to shake up everything you've ever known about control, letting go, and the practice and process of surrender so you can move into the version of you you've been eager to meet. Here's Coot. Okay, everybody, you are in for such a treat because we are speaking with Coot Blackson. And I have to tell you, I started reading his, listening to his book. It's phenomenal. He knows a lot of my friends. So I just had to get him on the show. Welcome, Coot. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So when it comes to healing from betrayal, we know, and I, and I share with the audience, we need to heal physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. And so often we have this powerful story. We've been wronged. We've been hurt. We've been duped. And we have that story and we're sticking with it, although it prevents our growth entirely. Talk to us about surrender and where mm-hmm. surrender uh, has its place in healing from betrayal. Yeah, I think surrender has a place in just being human. And I think it's one, to me, surrender is the most powerful thing we can do as human beings. I think surrender is the process of life. Um, You know, I I think first we just have to set a bit of a context on surrender. I think in our culture, we have this idea that surrender is weak or surrender means giving up or surrender is passive. Or if you surrender, you're going to be a victim. You're going to be a doormat. You're going to be left behind. You won't, you know, be powerful. You won't manifest. You won't get what you want. And I just want to have people reframe this idea of surrender as it's not waving the white flag or giving up that surrender really is, it's about letting go of what's no longer in alignment. And that if you surrender, maybe you don't get, less, but you get more, more than you could imagine, more than you could visualize, more than you could intend for yourself. And so really just as a context, surrender is a letting go of control, a letting go of the the illusion of control that we think we have. I think control is a master addiction. Surrender is letting go of the idea of 
is to stop trying to force things to be how we think they should be and force situations to fit our limited idea of how we think they should be is to let go of the idea of who we think we should be and how we think life should be so that we can be truly open and truly available. And so it's a letting go, you know, and I think many times, um, there is a difference, and I'm just going to jump ahead and then come back, but I think there is a difference between acceptance and surrender. Quite often, we come to a place where we accept a certain situation. We accept a certain reality. We're like, okay, this is what it is. Uh, this has happened. I'm heartbroken. This is the situation. This is the person. This is the reality. This is the relationship. But deep down, there still is an element of resistance, an element of anger. We're not able to truly forgive fully because we're holding on to that story. But we accept it. It's like, here's what it is. It is what it is. Life is what it is. Shit happens. And I'm pissed off. But okay, I accept it. And so we're not fully letting go. We're not fully surrendered. Surrender is the full open-hearted participation. It's, it's to participate with an open heart fully with the process of life as it's happening, the full experience and process of life as it's happening. The challenge is between acceptance and surrender, there is a very important phase that many times we miss. And when we miss this phase in the middle, it's like a key nugget to true surrender. We often stay stuck. And that's often when we don't truly release, let go, forgive. And we stay stuck in our story. We stay stuck in our pain. We stay stuck in feeling like victims. And so that key phase in the middle is grieving. Mm -hmm. I think grieving is a portal. Grieving is a doorway. Grieving is that bridge to true, authentic surrender. And I think to truly get to that space of open-hearted surrender, we have to realize, number one, that we are souls. First mm -hmm. and foremost, no matter what we've gone through, no matter what the experience, no matter what the heartbreak, no matter what the difficulty, no matter what the situation, no matter what the betrayal, we are souls that incarnate into this human experience. We incarnate first and foremost into this human experience in order to learn to grow and evolve. And so, so to actually start seeing life from a multidimensional soul perspective, not just as a human being where things are happening and situations are happening to us, but on a some level, we're souls, we incarnate, we chose to go through this experience and life is a... Uh, university for our soul's evolution. And if we really learn to see life from that soul perspective, then we're able to, to use life rather than life using us. Use every situation and every experience for our soul's evolution. So every relationship, every situation, every experience is really a teacher, is really a, a curriculum, is really a classroom for our growth and evolution. I think when we see that, even if it's difficult, even if it's challenging, even if there's betrayal, even if there's heartbreak, that doesn't take away from the pain, but it reframes and gives us a different perception and ability to, to kind of understand and relate to life in a whole different context and a whole different way that actually starts to empower us. So that's, I think, one thing. And the other thing in terms of surrender is that is that understanding and belief from that soul perspective that ultimately life is always working for our highest good, even if we can't see it right now, that betrayal, that difficulty, that heartbreak, that breakup, that thing that we thought we wanted and we were so sure of that in the moment of it happening seemed bad, seemed wrong, seemed, you know, terrible. The worst thing from the perspective of the ego and the personality in our human eyes, from the perspective of the soul, can be the best thing. And I think many times if we look back at situations that were difficult and challenging and heartbreaking, and we didn't understand why the hell this was happening to us, and we had that we were mad. But then maybe five years later, when when we we're on the other side, we look back and go, 
thank God. And all the pieces start coming together. And we start saying, like, that relationship I really wanted, thank God it didn't happen. Thank God it was just grace. And so then we're able to see that sometimes not getting what we thought we wanted is a blessing, is grace. But often in the moment, we're not able to see it. So grieving is the key. And I think to allow ourselves to grieve and feel the feelings fully. Many times we stay stuck in the story, in the pain, and recreate situations over and over again. We stay stuck because we're afraid that if I feel my feelings and grief fully, it will never end. Mm -hmm. If I feel my feelings and grief fully, then then I'm going to be broken and I won't be able to handle it. If mm-hmm. I feel, and sometimes there's a sneaky reason that's unconscious as to why we don't allow ourselves to grieve and feel our feelings fully. And as a result, we stay stuck because sometimes there's a part of us that feels like if I don't acknowledge the grief, the pain, if I don't really acknowledge this, then some, like, like if I don't really acknowledge that the relationship is over and grieve it, then maybe I don't have to actually let go and I can always hold on to that person. I can always hold on. And so not grieving becomes a unconscious way to hold on to that situation and not accept reality. And so I think what we have to realize is that all feelings remain present until fully felt. And when we truly grieve and allow ourselves to feel the grief fully, not wallow in it, but feel the grief fully and allow those feelings to move through. Every feeling has a cycle. The grief will complete. It will happen in waves, but then we'll be able to truly let go and process through. I'll stop right there. Yeah, no, beautiful. And a few things, you, you know, it's, it's interesting, the whole letting go process. And I find that when it comes to betrayal, there's this fear of letting go because life is so chaotic. They And, and it could be that even hanging on to that pain is one of the few things they have control over in such a chaotic experience. So letting go can be especially yes, uncomfortable. Yes. But it's necessary. The other thing is, I'm so glad you mentioned grief. In the, um, I did a, a study. Uh, we made three discoveries. One of them is the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough. The most common place we get stuck is stage three, stuck, stuck, where mm-hmm. we're just surviving and that's it. And one of the biggest uh, ways, one of the most profound ways we go from the hardest place to leave, staying stuck to where transformation begins in stage four is grieving. And it has such a huge place. And there's something about grieving where we we're accepting and we're acknowledging I can't undo what happened, but I control what I do with it. And it's almost the, the place where we were sort of in the picture and we've just taken ourselves out and we look at it. We see it from a very different vantage point. And then it's it's in that grieving that we do start to heal. Now, you mentioned I, I'm so glad you mentioned grieving in 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 waves you know it's not a one and done it's yeah. it's stages and cycles is there a specific process you've yeah. noticed for grieving i'd love to talk more about that one one thing i would say because i don't think it's a formula like you know five steps boom grieving is done grieving happens in stages it happens in waves it's like an onion there's layers to the grieving there's another layer to the grieving there's another layer to the grieving and so every feeling has a natural cycle many times i hear sometimes people come to me and say but could i've been grieving and i've been feeling my emotions it's been it's been 10 years already and it's still it's still here but what we often don't realize is we aren't actually feeling our feelings many times we are thinking and analyzing our feelings and not truly authentically feeling our feelings. Mm -hmm. And when we truly feel the grief fully, a layer dissolves. It truly does dissolve. And and, and so what that might look like for people in terms of, well, how do I feel my grief? Not thinking about it, 
wishing about it, pushing it away, resisting it. I like to tell people, take the label off of the, of, of, of the feeling. So don't even call it grief and just allow yourself to experience the grief as a sensation in your body. No name, no label, no, ana no analysis, no trying to get rid of it, but just to fully be present with the grief as an energy and sensation in your body. You'll often feel it as a sensation when you're able just to be with that sensation fully and notice what happens, notice what wants to happen. You'll often find that as you're with it fully without any resistance, it starts to, to, to shift, it starts to move, it starts to dissolve. That natural cycle of grieving kind of moves through. And so I think that's really powerful. When, when my mother passed away, uh, one thing I did that helped me move through it quite quickly, and she was the person I loved the most, and it was a very intense experience, is I gave myself permission to grieve. Now, that wasn't wallowing, is I just gave myself like a few hours a day for a period of time to feel those feelings. And in those few hours a day, I just allowed myself to just grieve fully. And what that looked like is just feeling those feelings. And I believe that all feelings that are fully felt will, will dissolve, that layer will dissolve. And so what, what happened for me was when I truly just allowed myself to feel the feelings, to feel the sensations, it was an interesting thing. It was as though I felt the grief, but I also felt the profound, the, the profound nature of love that I felt for my mother. And, and, and in the grieving, it was as though the, it was the strange um, experience. The, the, it felt like the shape of my heart's capacity to love as I would feel the grief, like my heart would break. And, and it was like my heart broke and, and it would break open. It was like my heart broke open and in that breaking open process, many times we're afraid to let our heart break open because we don't think we're going to come back. But in that breaking open process, what I found was my heart would break and it would break open and there was more feeling and more love available. And so I think when we deny or suppress the grieving, we also deny and suppress our capacity to feel joy and feel loving. And so in that process, my heart would break open and there was more love. And then there'll be another wave of grieving. And then there was more love and there was more love. And so it's through the grieving that I think we get to really experience the strength of our true heart, our true nature, and the strength that comes from grieving, knowing that our heart can't can't really be broken, it can just get broken open, is a deeper type of strength than suppressing and denying and not allowing ourselves to feel. And it's also, you know, I love that you're bringing that up because it shows us, it, it definitely shows us the capacity we have to love. Yeah. And it also gives us that perspective. We know what that deep pain feels like. So it's like a pendulum swinging. We have a greater perspective of what joy can feel like. If we're always sort of living under the radar, yeah. we don't know deep pain and we don't know great joy. So yeah. I think it's it's anybody who's who's really experienced any sort of trauma, whether it's betrayal, death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster, whatever it is, they have that that grieving that needs to happen from that traumatic experience, whatever it is. And then however they move through it, then they can reflect back and look at that experience. And I have to tell you, I lost my mom 25 years ago. And, uh, and, and 
and I've said this many times, our relationship has changed. It's only changed. And now there's just, it is a much uh, deeper, just very different, very different connection, but now it's two souls connecting. It's a, it's on a very different, different level. And when you speak of, you know, your heartbreaking, uh, just wide open, it's so true. And this is with, I find when we do the work, there's a big difference right there. When we do the work to move through whatever it is we need to move through, that's when the heart keeps going, you know, breaking open more and more and more to allow in that greater capacity because of the strength that we're now becoming. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk more about surrender because it seems so terrifying for that control freak person who just wants to hold on and somehow think my world is spinning out of control and it all sounds nice and good. You're, you're selling a good story about surrendering, but it's too scary. What, what, what can they look forward to? What should they expect? What goes on with that process? Yeah, I think that surrender can seem scary for sure. And surrender for the ego, our perceived sense of self and what we perceive ourselves to be can feel terrifying. But first, I just want to kind of set a context again and and just kind of say it this way. I think surrender is the most natural thing as human beings. As human beings, we are all in the process of surrender. Just life itself is the process of surrender. So it's not really a matter of, are you going to surrender or are you not going to surrender? It's a matter of how are you going to participate in the process of life and either you're going to surrender and experience more flow or you're going to resist and experience more suffering and anxiety and stress in life. And so it's really about how we're going to participate in the process of life in the process of surrendering. And so I really do think that surrender is our natural state of being. We've just been conditioned out of it. It's our natural state of being. It's the most natural thing to us. It's actually harder to not surrender, but because of our conditioning and our programming from childhood and defense mechanisms, survival mechanisms, resistance is what feels normal and what feels safe and what feels protective. But in fact, it takes more energy. And so for instance, I'm holding a little bottle top right here. If I'm holding on to this thing and I'm holding tightly onto this thing, this is kind of how we've learned to live life. We learn to hold on very tightly. And, and, and the holding on posture takes a lot of energy to, to clench and hold on and, and protect ourselves and hold on. And surrender is, 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 a, is a letting go. And, and, and so what I just want people to know is just this letting go is so natural is so effortless. It's just our conditioning. And so if you look at a child, a child is living surrender. A baby is living surrender. We're born. We're in flow. We're in touch with our essence. You know, we're, we're living surrender. We dance when we feel like it. We jump on the table. We sing. We flow. We cry when we cry. We eat when we want to eat. We poop when we want to poop. We're just being whatever. We're in that flow of surrender. And so I think it's important that we just understand kind of what happens and why it feels difficult. I'm saying surrender is not difficult. It's our natural state, but it feels difficult. It feels scary because we've been conditioned to a certain sense of identity, ego, which is what we believe ourselves to be. And the ego's job is to 
reinforce its existence. And the ego's job is to protect us and make sure that we don't ever get hurt again. And so now when we say surrender, the ego's like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, that's terrifying because we're afraid. If I let go and I surrender and let go of like control or the ways I've learned to protect myself from feeling hurt and, and avoiding pain growing up, then I'm going to die. Then I'm not going to survive. Then I'm going to feel all the pain, the trauma that I felt as a child. And that is what feels terrifying. And so, so, I think it's important that in the consideration of surrender, we also have a tremendous amount of compassion for the fear and a tremendous amount of gentleness for the ego, our perceived sense of self, that is terrified of surrender in all the ways we resist. Because if we understand that the only reason we're learning to resist is self protection and the intention is a beautiful intention. It's just many of the ways that we learn to resist from childhood and all the mechanisms that we developed, we developed very young and they worked for us when we were five and they worked for us when we were eight or they worked for us when we were 15. It's just that 25 and 35 and 45 and 55 and 65, they're just kind of getting in the way of our capacity to open to love and joy and blessings and beauty. And so I think if we can just start with the compassion, the compassion and understanding of the nature of what is. And so as children, with these free beings, we're surrendered, we hug, we love, we're light, we sing, we're, you know, and then we meet our parents, we're born into a preset pattern and framework of conditioning, they're doing the best that they can do based on their childhood and their past and their conditioning, maybe there's pain, there's hurt, there's dysfunction, there's divorce, maybe our emotional needs weren't met, so two things happen, the first thing is we learn to shut down, disconnect, not feel, suppress, suppress, shut, layers and layers and layers of unfelt feeling kind of build up, our true essence gets hidden underneath the, the, the layers of, of, of emotions that we haven't found, we learn to contort ourselves into a kind of shape in order to not feel the pain of what is going on around us in our environment. Mom is crazy, dad is fighting, there's alcohol abuse, dysfunction, emotional needs not being met. And so we learn all sorts of strategies to not feel that pain. And we hold so tightly to this way of being and developing walls so that we don't have to feel that pain again. And that, and as a result, we learn to control. So control becomes a, a mechanism to protect us to not feel that pain again. Then we learn to erect all sorts of, shall we say, roles and masks and personas, the sense of who do I need to be to get love, validation and approval. And all of a sudden, we've now become this persona. We've contorted ourselves into a persona and a shape ego and identity that we actually hold on to so tightly it's helped us survive it, we, it, it, it it's part of what's helped us become successful we've gotten reinforced as this version of ourselves that we've learned to be by society by life by school by religion by education and now we actually think that we are this person and we hold so tightly to this person that we become and this is ego and so surrender to this version, or shall I say, the set pattern that we we have learned to become, that we identify ourselves to be, is terrifying. It, it yeah. feels like a death. Mm -hmm. And so if we're able to recognize that we are not the ego, we are not the set pattern and program of conditioning that we've learned to be, to function, survive, get love, validation, approval, to avoid pain and cope. We are not that pattern. That is just a pattern that we identify with. What we are is so much more. And so if we first can become aware that we aren't that pattern, and then we can begin to 
meet ourselves with gentleness and compassion and understanding and, and loving, you know, in that process, then, then, we, can, then we can hold. We realize I'm not this egoic pattern. Then we can just hold the ego and the set pattern that we thought we were, we can just hold it with love and we can hold it with compassion. And then there's a little space. And in that space is healing. Then ego, what we thought we were, that we're not, can begin to kind of like relax a little bit. And in that relaxation, there is opening, there is availability. Surrender can also begin happening in the flow and experience of life. So that's kind of one thing I would say. There's more, but that, that's Beautiful. the start. And, and in your book, you gave such a beautiful example just to show what uh, having that need to be in control and then surrendering looks like. You gave an example of mm. being in an airplane. Can, oh, you, yeah. can you share that? I think the audience would love Yeah, it. I'll, I'll share that. I also just don't want people to think like they have to get on an airplane and travel, you know. But, <laughs> but, but like, 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 like even if people just can surrender a little bit more in life just by even asking themselves look if you look at the things in your like if you look at the best things in your life just just people can start here. if you look at the best things in your life and ask yourself did you plan them meeting that person meeting your soulmate meeting that love meeting that most of the best most incredible things that happen in your life you didn't plan them. They just happened in the process of living life, the process of life unfolding. You know, if you look at some of the things, and I think just, just to inquire into one's life, if you look at some of the things that you were sure you really, really wanted, that situation, that experience, that goal, that, that relationship that you were sure was the one, and then when it ended, you could imagine finding love again, and you were mad at the world, and then you got over it, you grieved, you, you, you processed, you let go, and then a decade later, you look back finally and you go thank god that didn't happen like mm -hmm. thank god and and so many times in the moment we go through something from the ego's perspective we're not able to understand why it's happening in the moment which is often why it's hard to let go and so i think if we just question and look at the most amazing things that have happened we see that we didn't plan them they were I unfolding in the process of life and so i just jumped on a plane one day uh i had oh i wasn't talking about that one short, oh. but I just, and I want you to share that, but I was talking about the analogy you gave of a person who comes onto an airplane. Oh, the, That's what I mean. Cause, and, yeah. and where they, they should be relaxing and enjoying and having a snack and taking a nap. And oh, instead, yeah. That one. That well, that's one. what we do in life, don't we? It's, it's, it's the analogy of we like, imagine we get onto an airplane and instead of just chilling out on the airplane and sleeping, you know, having some snacks. We, you know, we're, we're knocking on the door of the pilot and, and, and stressing about what's going on and what's happening. And it's like, yeah, we're really on, in, look, we're really on in control of that much in many ways. Like if you look at the last two or three years, this pandemic situation, 2020, we all had our plans. It was all going to be, and then boom. So, so in so many ways, you can't control the ocean. It's like life is an ocean. You can't control the ocean. Now, does that mean you sit there, lie down, go into the middle of the street and freeway, lie down and do nothing? No. Does it sit there? Does it mean you sit at home and just eat, you know, potato chips and not follow your dreams? And no. But 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 you can't control the ocean. But you can control at least how you surf. You can control the meaning you make up about certain experiences. You can control giving one hundred percent. So what I don't want people to think is that surrender is passivity. Surrender mm -hmm. is apathy. Surrender is non-action. Surrender means 
you feel your deepest truth. You feel what is most authentic. You feel what is most true. You feel what is most in alignment with your deepest truth. And when you feel what's most true, what's most authentic, what's most real, then you move in that direction courageously by aligning your thoughts, your mind, your ego, your resources, your money. And you give, then you give 100%. It's giving 100% in the direction of what's true without attachment without that attachment to the outcome. In so many ways, we get so attached to the thing being the thing, the outcome that we want being the outcome. And then in that attachment in pursuit of the goal, we hold on so tightly in trying to control the outcome that we're not truly available to more. We, we, we're not aware that we end up putting limitations on life without attachment. And sometimes I think what we have to realize in the process of surrender and living surrender, and what it looks like is when you have a goal, go for it 100% the best you can. Let go of the attachment. This way you're truly open and available, available because sometimes the goal is the evolutionary carrot. The goal is the evolutionary journey. It takes you on the journey that you need to go on for your soul to grow and evolve. And sometimes the goal is not the goal, it's the journey that you need to go on in order to become and evolve into the person that is ready for the next level. But when we get attached to the goal, then we're not open to the course correction and redirection of the universe. We're like, we just want what we want from the perspective of, of our own ego. And so surrender is availability. Surrender is openness. Surrender is the willingness to allow life. And this is the shift that I mm -hmm. think is also happening in our, in our way of living. Surrender is the willingness to allow life to lead you, to allow life to show you, to follow the energy of life. To me, this is surrender. The old paradigm was all about asking. It was an ego-based model mm -hmm. of, of manifesting and, and living life, which is all, all about what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? What do I want? And I tell people, you might get everything you thought you wanted only to realize that what you thought you wanted was not what you really wanted. It was just what you thought you wanted based on who you thought you were. And so surrender is asking a different question, not just what do you want? Because we don't really ask the question, who is the I? What is the I that wants? But surrender is really asking the question, what is it that that life, what is it that my soul, what is that the deepest impulse from within me? What is it that my most authentic self, what is it that life, the universe, God, the divine wants to express through me? And attuning yourself with the most authentic expression, the most authentic impulse that is seeking to happen. And so it is giving 100%, not being attached, but but living in alignment. Beautiful. I, I, there are so many amazing takeaways. Uh, everybody watching and viewing, I, I hope this is the this is the episode that you listen to again and again. You need to listen to this more than once. Could where do we go to learn more about you and your beautiful work? Yeah, just a few simple ways. My website, my name, kootblackson.com, K-U-T-E, blackson.com. Um, twice a year, I do a, a very special live event in Bali, 12 days deep dive transformation where I take people through a process of letting go and surrendering and connecting to their authentic self and truth and sharing their gifts with the world. So that's www.boundlessblissbali.com. And then there's Instagram, my name, Coop Blackson. Um, where else? Facebook, Coop Blackson. Uh, my podcast, Soul Talk. Beautiful. And we'll have all of the information in the show notes. Coot, I want to thank you so much for your time, your attention, your wisdom, and your insight. I know you helped so many of our listeners and viewers with what you shared. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
who dropped so many nuggets about surrender. It's not passive, weak, and you're not being left behind when you surrender. Stay in touch with Coot by going to cootblackson.com and we'll have all of his information in the show notes at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. Surrender is the willingness to allow life to lead you. Isn't that beautiful? Remember, before you get to that place of surrender, there's acceptance and then the important step of grieving the loss of whatever you were so desperately hanging on to, a person, an idea, a plan, then let go and trust. Just as in that example of going on a plane and instead of enjoying the ride, we're insisting on flying the plane, it just doesn't work. Surrender and enjoy the ride and the snacks too. Need some help? We got you. Join us at the PBT Institute where we can help you heal from all of it. We even have a new program called a rebuild that can help your partner too. It's all at the pbtinstitute.com. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough. 